Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Lord, I believe we welcome him with our worship. Amen to God. Lord, you are worthy to be praised. Amen to God. I appreciate the Lord that I have felt in this service tonight. Uh, I thought as the service was going on and also the previous services of how blessed you are uh, to be able to worship to such skillful singing and playing. Amen. That is such a blessing. And I know that there was a time in in our history and the movement uh, of God's church that uh, there were bottle lamps and and bottles and and, uh, two-string guitars and such as that. And I'm really thankful for those men and brethren of yesteryear uh, that has brought us to where we are. God has been so kind to us. And uh, I believe, as the scripture has said, to, to play skillfully upon those string instruments. Uh, that's why I don't play them, but I appreciate people who do. Amen. And I love being in the house of the Lord where such talent is uh, given back to God. Amen. And then again, your worship There's just something about the worship of the people of God. Amen. I want to tell you I am thankful for my church family. Amen. Brother Bobby and I were. Amen. Brother Brother Bobby and I were speaking before service, and uh, I said, you know, I'm just just to the point I want to meet all the people that I can meet. I'm not running for office. Uh, I'm not campaigning. I just want to meet everybody I can meet. And uh, I, I appreciate the church family that God has put me in. I have always had this privilege in my life, and uh, I, am, I am doubly appreciative of it, amen. And also to be here with you in this house tonight, it's certainly has, you, you've, you have been a blessing to me and uh, by your worship and uh, creating this kind of atmosphere to preach in. I want to return the blessing tonight, and uh, I want you to meet me in the book of Proverbs in the 11th chapter. Thank you, Brother Boyd, one more time. I want to thank you for uh, opening this pulpit uh, to this little hayseed from Louisiana and uh, to preach to these folks. This, I am a living testament that God can bring somebody from nothing and save them and put them in the kingdom and give them a job to do. Amen. We have something to do in the kingdom of God. Amen. Proverbs chapter 11 In verse number 25, let me read one passage of Scripture while you stand. Uh, In verse number 25, Proverbs 11 and 25, the Scripture said, The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Savior, thank you again tonight for the songs of Zion that have been sung that you have blessed us with. Thank you for every soul who has determined 
to be in your house this evening. I pray, oh God, that you would open our understanding, give us your anointing. God, lead us in the paths of righteousness and let your word do that. And we'll be careful to praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And everybody said amen. Amen. You can be seated. God bless all of you so very much. Let me say how appreciative I am that all of you uh, have, have so well attended these services. And for what it's worth coming from me, uh, I thank you for that. Uh, that's, that I'm, your commitment here is not a general rule of thumb. That, that's, I don't see that everywhere I go. Uh, a lot of times you see a great attendance on Sunday, and uh, then you got a half a dozen on Monday. But you folks have been deliberate about being in the house of the Lord. It shows your passion for the house of God, and I appreciate that. I applaud you for that. Amen. I want to use for a thought tonight a very simple uh, topic, and, uh, and I hope you don't think that I have been profound in any way um, beyond my personal understanding. I'm just preaching to you what I see in the Bible, and uh, I want to use for a very simple uh, subject tonight um, tributaries, tributaries, just from this passage of Scripture and uh, there's a couple of other places that we'll be visiting, so you may want to keep your Bibles handy. When the scripture said the liberal soul shall be made fat, and I know in the backdrop of all of the politicalness of our day, uh, when we speak of, uh, of terms of being liberal uh, or conservative, left or right, it's usually uh, somewhere in the extreme, and uh, it's difficult to find that middle ground. I'm not speaking on political terms because I don't think the Bible was speaking on political terms when it mentions that the liberal soul shall be made fat. It just simply means that the generous individual, the generous person uh, shall be blessed and rewarded with generosity. Uh, I just believe this is the law of the kingdom. Uh, Not terribly long ago, a gentleman called me and... uh, he was crying over the phone, and I appreciate uh, the confidence that he had put in me in, in seeking my humble opinion about what had happened. He had fallen upon some hard times physically, and he was relatively a young man, and uh, he had a business, and, and uh, he was the, kind of the, the operator of his business, and so um, it, uh, the business really leaned on him to a great extent for it to run and generate a revenue. And when you have overhead, you need revenue, you need cash flow. Uh, Sometimes you need cash flow if you don't have overhead. I would think, I don't know what it's like to not have overhead, but nonetheless, he he had gotten a detached retina, and uh, uh, another family in the church where he went came by his house and visited with him, drank coffee, and uh, before they left, they left $1,000 on his uh, snack bar, and uh, this man called me just in tears. He said, I have never been on the receiving end of giving. I've always been on the giving end of giving. He said, I don't know what to do with this. I said, do you need that? He said, well, I've got a lot of bills coming in. I said, well, those people came by with the intentions of being a blessing to you, And I know that as difficult as it sounds for a man worth the salt it takes to pickle him, he likes to give rather than receive. 
It just makes him feel good to give. Feels good to give, doesn't it? And he said, I've always been on the giving end, the blessing end. I've never been on the receiving end. I said, like it or not, this is the law of the kingdom. Give and it shall be given. That's just the law of the kingdom. That's the word of God. And uh, for all these years, you have been a contributor. You've been a giver. You've been a donor. And now for this one moment in your life, somebody wants to be a blessing to you. He said, I'm thinking about going and giving it back. I don't know what to do with it. I said, you take it, you tithe off of it, you use it for what you need it for, and when you get your feet back on the ground, you return the favor to somebody else. That's the law of the kingdom. And I still don't think I... I still don't think I steered him in the wrong direction, but I just want to use that little real-life instant. These these are names and faces and people I could tell you about, but that one real-life instant, uh, I just want to use that, and I want to begin to build on that for a little while if I can tonight. The Scripture plainly gives to us a promise. Among many promises of the Bible, the Scripture tells us that he that watered shall be watered himself. That's just the way it is. He that watereth shall be watered also himself. It just comes back around. Amen. It just comes back around. Sometimes you think, well, I've given all that I can give. And I'm not just speaking on monetary terms tonight. We give of ourselves. We give of our time. We give of our worry and our concern. Uh, And I think that the Lord was very plain in the fact when he allowed the scripture to be penned about giving our care to him. Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. He cares for you. There are times that I give my cares to God because he does my caring for me. He cares for me. Amen. I am thankful tonight, as I've already mentioned, for a church family. I am thankful for a family of God that I can lean on in the times of trouble. When I'm holding the the fever child and I don't know what to do, I'm glad there's a church family that will help me pray for that. Amen. When my back is to the proverbial wall, I'm glad there's a church family that I can go and be amongst and watch them lift their hands and it inspires me to lift my hands. Amen. I worship my way through that. I give the Lord my praise through those trials, and I just believe that God does my caring for me when I do that because I'm giving my cares to him. Amen. The liberal soul shall be made fat. Anybody that's anybody doing anything and in in, in any definition, small or great, as being successful, it is because you have had some help getting to where you are. You just don't show up in life by yourself. Well, preacher, I I was an orphan. I was a a product of a busted family, and I can't do what you do, and I can't serve God like you serve God. I've said this probably 50 times uh, about myself. I have a half-brother, a half-sister, or rather a stepsister, a stepbrother, the half-brother, the stepmother, a whole brother, I come from dysfunction junction. I know what it's like. I I understand what it's like to stand in an altar with nothing to offer to God but a bunch of baggage. 
I know what it's like to stand before the Lord with nothing to offer to God but brokenness. Nothing but tears. I've got nothing to give to God. And as I mentioned on last night, still whatever it is that life has blessed me with that I have accrued to this point, it still holds no value to offer to God, but at least I am something that I can give back to the kingdom. This is not all about the church giving to us as individuals. This is not all about baby showers for my children and weddings for my grown children. This is not all about what the church can bless my family with. This is about how I can pour myself back into the work of the Lord. Amen. I can't be satisfied with sitting on my hands. I can't be satisfied with leaning back and thanking God for where he's brought me to without doing something and offering myself back into the work of the kingdom. Amen. I'm going somewhere. Just hold on with me. Amen. You and I, my friend, are tributaries into something much bigger than us. You and I are lives that flow into this, that have something to offer, that will contribute to something that is larger than me as an individual, that is larger than me as a family or a marriage or or a union in, in my home. It's much bigger than that. This is something that my wife and I give back to. This is something that we train our children to give back to. And yet there are those who feel like that I am not being fed in the house of the Lord. Amen. I go from place to place where individuals, and I've heard this before, not necessarily here, but I just want to tell you before you say it, that there's times where people feel like I'm not getting what I need from the music. I'm not getting that spiritual sustenance from ministry. And so we pack our bags and we move on down the road. Let me shed a little light on that before you pack your bags this evening that the Bible tells us that a man doesn't work, neither should he eat. Now, I I don't think you missed it, but just in case you did, let, let let me qualify. If a man doesn't work, I'm not being fed here, preacher. You understand where I'm going? I'm not getting sustenance from my soul here, preacher. So it could be that if we will do something in the kingdom, if we will become a tributary in the kingdom, that we might receive from the kingdom. It's still the law of the harvest. Give and it shall be given. Packed down, shaken together, and running over. He that soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly. If I'm not putting into this thing, I can't expect anything out of this. But he that soweth abundantly shall also reap abundantly. It's the law of God's harvest. I want to worship more than I've worshiped. I want to praise more than I praise. I want to preach with a passion and fever like I've never preached with. I want to read. I want to study. I want to sing while they're singing. I want to play something while they're playing. I want to dance when they dance. 
because I know when I pour myself into this, God's going to pour back into my life. Oh, hallelujah to God. I told you, if you know, I told you the night before last, I think it was some night, I told you that we, we live in an era where folks are, uh, are, are not only uh, almost to slip at the prosperity of the wicked, but we live in an era where those that have become passive in the church, uh, they almost slip at the prosperity of the righteous. Well, if you want to be prosperous, watch what they're doing. Do what they do, because God will every time honor his word. I have no right to roll up the chair in the pastor's office and wonder and ask him why the wheels have fallen off my life when I have refused to do what God has told me to do. If God said to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, then I want to be in the house of the Lord. If if God said I would that all men everywhere pray without ceasing, then I want prayer to be a mindset every hour of every day. Because I understand that if I pour myself into this, that God will pour back into my life. Hallelujah. I just don't believe that God has a place in ministry for me if I am going to be stingy and I'm going to be begrudging of the blessing that God has given to me and refuse to offer it back. If I'm going to, I can't, I have no reason to be upset. If I have no place to preach, I have no reason to be upset. If I have no place for my gift to work, if I have refused to give of myself in prayer and give of myself in study, I cannot expect God to open a door of utterance for me if I have not first sought after him. It was old Bishop L.P. Upton many years ago that ordained my wife and I who looked down at a young couple sitting before the pulpit in straight chairs as he ordained us and spoke directly to us. And he said, son, I need you to remember one thing. He said, before you ever, ever talk to men about God, you must first talk to God about men. Because if you don't, it's not going to work. My friend, I want to tell you it applies to all of us. It applies to all of us. We cannot expect our children to live for God if all they have heard is criticism and mockery from the mouth of mom and dad. We cannot expect our children to be saved if they have never seen mom and dad pour themselves into the work of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to God. It was in the New Testament as Paul begins to write to young Timothy that he tells him that I am joyful whenever I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith (laughs) that is in you that was in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it is in you also. You know why it was in Timothy? It was because Mama Eunice poured it into her boy. You know why it was Timothy in Timothy? It's because Mama poured it into Mama. 
is because they became tributaries into a generation that preceded them, that comes after them, that the power of God move right now and let us understand that if my children are gonna be hell's worst nightmare, it is gonna be because dad knew where the altar was. Oh, hallelujah to God. Can I tell you the words of Jesus when he said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the merciful because they are the ones that will have mercy in their life. If I extend mercy, mercy will be given. It was the Lord's teachings who said, if you bring your gift to the altar and you remember that your brother have alt against you, leave your gift at the altar. Go make it right with your brother and then come back and offer your gift. We have to be tributaries into those. They don't care if they don't like us. We've all got our haters. We've all got people who don't like who we are. But let me tell you tonight, we have no opportunity in life. We've got no chance to argue and mock with small thinking. God has told us to be tributaries because he that watereth shall be watered also himself. It's just gonna come back. It was in the book of Deuteronomy that the Bible tells us begins to instruct, God begins to instruct Moses and he begins to tell Moses about the rules of engagement and warfare. He said, when you come nigh unto a city to fight against it, then proclaim peace unto it. Now you've come out to fight, but he said, if you'll stop for a minute and you'll speak peace to it, he said, it shall be if it makes you an answer of peace and open unto thee, then it shall be that all the people that is found therein shall be tributaries unto thee. Let me tell you something tonight. I am decidedly Pentecost. I am oneness. I am Jesus' name, baptism. I am receiving the Holy Ghost. I am living apart from this world and are separated unto God. I am all about that. But that doesn't give me the right to make fun of anybody that does not have the light that God has given to me. I don't condone the message, but I can still be friendly. Instead of running over the countryside, mocking those that lack the whole truth of God's gospel, let me for a moment put down my sword, put down my spiritual shield, extend the right hand to them and say, I want you to know that we're praying for you. We're asking God to bless your family. Hear me this evening in the Holy Ghost. Let me be a tributary because the next person you pray through might believe might be the person who believes that Jesus was the second person in the Godhead but God reveals to them who he was for without controversy there is no argument for without controversy great is the mystery of godliness for God was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit seen of the angels preached unto the Gentiles believed on in the world received up into glory only one man in all of the history of humanity fits that description and when God gives to them that revelation they very well could be the next evangelist that you have prayed through 
the next missionary that you have prayed through the next church planner that you have prayed through because you have become a tributary into their life. God said they are going to be tributaries back into the kingdom of God. Pouring myself back. The next child that you invite to your Sunday school that has a Kool-Aid ring over their lip and honey bun glaze on, their, on the corners of their mouth might be the next powerful preacher. Just give them a few years. Give them a little time and watch God begin to pour into them through your words and through your counsel and through your example, through your singing and through your preaching and through your playing and through your worship. Watch God pour into them a fire that cannot be put out, that shut up in their bones. Oh, hallelujah. We didn't get here by accident. I don't know about you, but my mind is going back to those days when I was a teenager when the man of God just in the simplistic word of the Lord opened the Bible and preached to me son you need Acts 2.38 you need repentance in your life you need baptism would you like to be baptized tonight would you like to receive the Holy Ghost tonight and it began to pull something in me that I couldn't deny oh God Paul said, you may have 10,000 instructors and teachers, but you've only got one father. You've got one man that sired you in the gospel. Some of you elders are probably reflecting back 50 years ago uh, under a brush arbor somewhere and a man of God who poured himself out to you. You might be reflecting back many decades ago when you scratched off a piece of ground and began to build a little bit. I'm telling you, there are churches in the lumber yard tonight that's waiting for you to pray somebody through and be a tributary into their life. I'm feeling God speaking to us. Moses, if you'll just put down your put down your dogmatic shield for a little while. Just stick your hand out. I'm not saying condoning a message other than what 11 of the 12 apostles gave their life for. I'm just saying befriending those that we're trying to reach the attributary into their life. Oh, glory to God. It all starts, it all starts in the northern state of Minnesota in a little lake called Lake Atasca. I just did a little research on the internet. It's nothing that's hidden from any of you. There's about two square miles of water up there called Lake Atasca. And the headwaters of the Mississippi River starts out of that little lake. Where it starts out, some of you may be familiar with this, it's about 20 or 30 feet wide, not much wider than one of these pews is long, it's about knee deep. Before long, before very long, that knee deep water that's 20 feet wide grows to over 200 feet deep at its deepest point and over 5,000 feet wide at its widest point. You want to know why that is? Because of its tributaries. It drains 41% of America 
It drains 31 states and two Canadian provinces. It flows 2,350 miles. It supports 241 species of fish, 292 species of birds, 57 species of mammals, and 45 species of reptiles and amphibians. You want to know why? It's tributaries. I've never heard of Bluebell Creek and Apple River and Buck Creek and Catfish Creek and Clear Creek and Crow uh, Wing Creek and, and Hay Creek and Hatchie River and Catfish. I've never heard of these. But I don't have to hear of them. They have emptied of themselves into a river that I do know about. A river that God made and, he got, and God made it with an example for us tonight. Why 20 feet wide grew to over 5,000 feet because of its tributaries. Because of almost 100 tributaries that flow into this river. God don't have to put my name in lights. I don't have to preach the camp meetings and the conferences. But as long as I am pouring myself into the kingdom of God. God, he called If you hear me tonight, quit worrying about being a big eye or a big you and worry about pouring what I have into the kingdom pour my resource and pour my talent and pour who I am let me tell the man across the road let me tell the lady uptown who brings my tea let me tell somebody let me be a tributary into their life because God said Moses they're going to pour themselves back into you How how did a how did a river how did a river grow to be what it is? How could a river grow to be such a contributing factor into the Gulf of Mexico? It's because all these little creeks we don't even know the names of. How is it we're going to stand on the other side? Oh, can I ask somebody what the song has already asked you? What do you want the Lord to say? What do you want to hear him tell you? I want to hear him say, well done, now good and faithful servant. You poured yourself into the little and I... I'm going to make you ruler over many. I want you to look beside you and see who you prayed for and see who you preached to and see who you sang to, who you blessed with your witness and who you blessed with your testimony. Pour yourself into somebody. Let me go quickly. Let me, let me read to you from the book of, book, book of Job. Very hurriedly now, it's the book of Job, chapter 14. The Bible said in verse number 7, very familiar passage of Scripture, but it fits so well here this evening. For there is hope of a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and the tender branch thereof will not, will not, will not cease. Through the root thereof, whack, though the root thereof wax old in the earth, the stock thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water it will bud and bring forth like boughs, like a plant. The scent of water, the scent of water, yet through the scent of water, it will bud again. The scent of water. It begs the question I want to ask us tonight as a church family, and I want, I want to commend you for your involvement. I know I've already mentioned about your being here, but even prior to my being here, I know that you have poured yourself into this. All I'm doing is validating what you've already been doing. That's all I'm doing tonight. Through the scent of water, the question is tonight to us is what do we smell like to the world? 
Let me tell you, let me tell you a little bit about my childhood, about it. My boy turned 12 yesterday, and I was about that age whenever uh, I was about that age whenever my folks busted up. And uh, I put everything I had in a black trash bag in the back of a little S10, and we left with Dad. And uh, I left my mom at the dining table with her head in her hands crying, saying, I'll be all right. She missed her boys, but there was a life that she couldn't peel herself away from. It was a life she had no power to overcome, even though she loved her home and loved her family. She just could not refrain, refrain from going back out into the nightlife. And she lost it all. And I remember, I remember one of my dearest friends on the street behind where we lived. Uh, they were Pentecost, and I didn't know anything about nothing. All I knew that the book of Matthew had a lot of red writing in it and that I had accepted the Lord as my personal Savior. That's all I knew. But I knew there was something, Brother Boyd, in that home that I liked. There was something in that house that I couldn't find in my own house. There was a peace there that I couldn't explain. I couldn't put it in words. I couldn't put my finger on it. But there was something there that made me feel so safe and so comfortable and I reflect back on that, and I wonder why not one time, why then not one time I ever get invited to where they went to church. Why is it not one time that they were not a tributary into the life of a 12-year-old boy that was so broken and busted, who so disgusted home they had to go home and fight the hell that was there that I was so encumbered by the fighting and the contention and the bitterness that I just wanted a way out. I just wanted somebody to be a tributary into my life. I'm just preaching to you real tonight. You'll never know that person that you encounter what they're dealing with. What do we smell like? What do we smell like to the drunkard? Do we smell like the sin of life? What do we smell like to the adulterer? Do we smell like life? Do we smell like hope? Do we smell like a peace that they can't find anywhere else? God help us tonight. I'm just giving to you my heart. And very frankly, I had not planned on doing this. This was not any forethought, what I'm telling you right now. My little humble testimony could fit any one of 10 million kids in this United States. God, let me smell like life to them. Let me smell like life to them. Let me grab them by the hand and bring them to a place where perhaps mom didn't bring them to and dad never could show them. But God help me to be that through the scent of water. Through life, through something that gave them life. Would you like to be a tributary tonight? Would you like to be that tonight? I, I'm closing if... You guys would like to help me. You ever thought about 
that day that Christ became that example of a tributary when he hung there on the cross and he looked down upon his accusers. He looked down upon those that were for him at one point, that was against him, those that were embarrassed of him, those who were scared of him, those who were intrigued by him, those who despised him. He looked down on them all. And he just simply said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I love the deep things of God. I love to search the word of the Lord. But you know, at the end of the day, it all comes back to the simplicity of this. Love never fails. All they want us to do is love them. All they want us to do is just love them. I don't love their sin. I don't love the decadence of their life. I just want them to be saved. Forgive them for they know not what they do. From a Calvary's perspective, when you have shouldered your personal cross and followed Christ, can we just look down from that and say, God, forgive them. They don't know what alcohol is going to do to their home. They don't know what the addiction to gambling is going to do to their house. They don't know what their spirit of lust and perversion and lasciviousness is going to do to their marriage and to their children. They don't understand the long-term effects of what they're doing. But God, let me smell like life to them. Soft and slow, please. You know, my prayer, my prayer to you this evening is this. And in particular for those of you that might not be where you know that you need to be with God. I would like for you to just let your spirit smell this fragrance tonight. Every eye closed, let the Holy Ghost speak to us. I would like for you tonight, sir, to just allow your spirit to smell what gives you life. Without him, I couldn't last. I couldn't make it. My marriage wouldn't have a chance without him. God only knows the perversion that would grip the lives of my children if God didn't put his favor in my life. God, let me pour myself into my babies. Do you smell that? Ma'am, do you smell that? Does that not smell like hope to you? I would to God that you'd make your way to this altar. If you can't smell it from where you are, would you like to get a little closer? Would you like to get a little closer?
I feel the warm love of God just holding us tonight. Would you let God love you? Would you, would you let God love you, sir? Jeremiah said, oh, that my head were full of waters and my eyes were a fountain of tears that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. God, let us be like the prophet who poured himself. The Apostle Paul said, if it were possible, that I would be a curse from Christ for my brethren's sake. I just want to pour myself in this. Before I'm done, I want to ask one more time, are you sure? Are you sure you don't want to smell this? Are you sure you don't want to smell life? Friend, I'm not here because i got nothing else to do. I'm here because I've got nothing better to do but to preach to you. Are you sure you don't want to smell hope? Are you sure? This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.